so much of our culture and language and what you're familiar with. When people talk about love, it's an action. They say, I love you, and I say, I love you. It's an action, it's a feeling. And that's true of God. The scripture tells us that God is And for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God is love. And when you begin to realize that the one that they saw as first a man and then they saw as the Son of God wasn't like any other thought process they had ever had before. But when they looked at Him, He literally was God in flesh. Or Emmanuel, God with us. So when it says, for God so loved the world that He gave. He gave Himself. He loves you. God is love. And love hung on the cross. And when you're filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, you're filled with God is love. He embodies you. And He thinks so great of you. His thoughts towards you are wondrous. Wonderful. And if you could just begin to accept the way God loves you and thinks about you. Oh, hallelujah. Let's go ahead and give Him some love. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're holy, oh God. You're righteous and you're awesome. If we could turn to Acts chapter 3. Verse 1 here. And then I'm also going to come to you out of John. Book of John chapter 5. And Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, Look on us. Now I just have to highlight verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And then in John chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And a certain man was there which, they, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Lord Jesus, this is your word. This is your church. And we are your people. And we commit our lives to you. Speak to us, O God. Let your living word go forth and change us and heal us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I would like to note to you back in the book of Acts chapter 3 that that gate that the lame man sat at, the gate beautiful, was coated in bronze. And Josephus speaks of that bronze as being so pure and so wonderful and glorious that it was better than gold. And I find it 
that kind of stands out to me that this lame man was brought and he was placed at this enormously wealthy gate. The entrance into the temple. Now, it's highly likely this lame man, he wouldn't have had, you know, like he wasn't unclean, he was just broken. And yet at that time, while the unclean wouldn't be let further into the inner courts of the temple, the culture was such that, or the religiosity was such that, that probably he would have been considered unfit for the house of God. Isn't that amazing? We're not necessarily used to that in our thinking. That we would be considered unfit for the house of God. You're only good enough to sit nearby. You're only good enough to be somewhat close to this place. But you know, we do that also to ourselves. We look at, there's a difference between needing to be cleaned up by Jesus Christ in deciding that you're too unfit for Him to clean up. At that gate, He would have received money from a large variety of people. Because of His condition, He'd have been recognized that He could not work a job. And the Jewish people would have been very generous and and have given to Him. And so, He would have found Himself in position to have a good paying job. At the gate there. We see Peter and John that it tells us that they were going in in the afternoon, perhaps like three in the afternoon, and it was the ninth hour they were going to the temple. This wasn't their first trip to the temple, and this wasn't the first time that he had been laid daily at the gate. This was his lifestyle. And there were some individuals who every day when they would get up, what do we do today? We're taking you to the gate. We're bringing you to the gate. Before I go any further with that story, I'd like to flip back to Jesus in John chapter 5. And here we see that Jesus encountered a man who had been at a place for a long time. 38 years. We know that Jesus would have died when He was 33 and a half years old. and So this man had been there longer than Jesus had been around. Longer in that condition than His salvation had been on the scene. And He was down at the pools and and this would have been an approach as you would have gone up towards the temple. And I have to think that when Jesus was brought by His parents over the years, all those years that Jesus' parents brought Him to the temple, to Jerusalem, to celebrate things like the Passover, this man was there. When Jesus was growing up and He was going through struggle and adversity and, 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 and when He was going through the, the, uh, um, the, the sorrow and the struggles of just living, this man was there. When, when Jesus began His ministry and, and, and this man was there. When Jesus would begin to minister to other people. When Jesus made the journey to Samaria and visited with the lady at the well. This man was there. 38 years. He was there longer than a lot of people lived in antiquity. He was there with a condition. Life 
frozen in time. 38 years. People were born and died during the period of His condition. And Jesus decides that He was going to come and visit Him. Sister Kara, if you were that lame individual, and I'm not saying Sister Kara's lame. She's a great lady. Physically or otherwise, alright? She's not lame. <laughs> My joke was lame. That's what was lame. But, but if you were the lame individual, you didn't go, woohoo, I heard Jesus was over there. You didn't yell at Keith back there. Or better yet, yell at Donnie. You go get that Jesus for me. No. Jesus came to you. And the man didn't even know who his healer was. Life had been happening all around and he is stuck in one spot at a pool. 38 years. And Jesus comes along and He begins to address your problem. And He says, hey, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Gary's probably thinking, what's wrong with me? He's staring hard at me. <laughs> Would you please stop that? <laughs> but, but he asked that question. And those eyes had to probe into the soul. Do you want it? I've always been fascinated by these stories of, of sickness because it calls for the individual that's healed to go and live a different life. Yeah. And Jesus asked that question, will Thou be made whole. Now we will discover further on in the reading that Jesus comes to him and says, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come on unto thee. This is interesting. Why? Because you see in the story, whether after Jesus healed him, that when they ask him, how did he get healed? He's like, or what? No, they said, why are you carrying your bed? You can't carry your bed. What? And, and that seems weird to us as well. You weren't supposed to do work on the Sabbath. But also, if, if Pastor Powell here had a little injury, and Jeremy comes over, you know, he's, he's a nurse, right? And he says, here, we can fix that up for you. I think I can put this ointment on there, and it'll heal. Nope! <laughs> we don't do that today. You can't have healing today. Minor cuts and bruises and scrapes, that's for tomorrow. You don't do healing on minor things. It has to be a dire emergency. And I'm sorry, 38-year-old man, I don't know who came and saw you today, but they should have kept their business another day. This is a holy day. And Jesus came, and He walked in, and He talks to this man. And we notice that this man, even when He responded, it's almost like he shirks the responsibility of why are you carrying your bed to say, he did it. And when Jesus came and said, will you be made whole? He said, there's nobody to put me in the water. And what I want to tell somebody today is it's time for us to take responsibility for our situation and say, I am sick. And I have a problem. And I need help. And no, I can't get in the water. And I can't do anything about where I'm at. And I've been this way 38 years. Instead of saying, there's nobody to help me. There's nobody there. Just say, Jesus, I'm right here. And you're asking me a question. Oh, hallelujah. Give Him a hand clap. 
The man could have instead said, Brother Terry, he could have said, will you help me? Are you coming to help me? Yes, I need that help. Will you help me? But yet something that Jesus saw in him. Bishop, he didn't ask more questions. Instead, when the man said, there's no one to put me in the water, he, he told him, get up, pick up your bed, and walk. And there was faith that rose up in that man. He told me to do this. I really do want out of my situation. I really do want out of my condition. I really do. 38 years. That's a long time. And in our opening verse in Acts chapter 3, there was a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily. And in 2024, we are talking about daily. And yet this verse rang through my heart and my mind. And it was, you're going to do something daily. Daily, you may be living in your sin. Daily, you may be living with mental trauma or abuse. Daily, you may have a sickness that's plagued your body. Daily, you may fight with an addiction. You have something daily. Daily, I still have that problem with that, my, my family member. Daily, I'm still, still struggling with that same thing that I thought I would overcome when I was 22 years old. Daily. Daily, I fight that loneliness and it overwhelms me and floods through my soul. Daily, I, have, I, I think today I'm going to get it right, but I still struggle with it. And at some point, some of you have come to be resigned to the fact that this is just the way it is. And, and you live a shortened, uh, stymied life for Jesus. You are not all that He sees in you. You don't see Him yourself the way that Jesus sees you. You don't love yourself the way that He loves you. And daily... You have this thing. And it's now become such the norm that when you get up in the morning and you go to brush your teeth, you got the daily problem. Oh, we can't leave that behind. It's like my watch here. You know, I go in and I'm getting ready and I take it off and I have it over there and then I head downstairs and I'm like, that's the mistake of wearing a watch. I picked it back up a few years ago. I didn't wear one for years. I looked at my phone. I didn't want to look at my phone anymore. <laughs> so I started wearing a watch. A dummy watch. I thought that was smart. Nobody got the, watch, the joke there, did they? That was lame, Sister Kara. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, no, now I'll be like, and, I'm, I'm, I'm dry, and I keep wanting to look. And I'll be at work. I have, I have a computer. I have an iPad. I have a phone. I have a government phone, right? I have, there's watches on the wall. And I'm like, what time is it? Why? Because it's something that I put on and attached to myself. And that's what your problem has become. And maybe you're not 38 years. Maybe you're 12 years. Or, or maybe it's been from your mother's womb. See, you, weren't necessarily, you didn't necessarily choose to be born into the situation you were born in. We didn't get to pick our genetics. We talk about free will. There's a lot of will that we have that's not free. We didn't get to pick our genetics. You didn't pick your parents. 
And I love my parents. This is no slam to you if you're watching online. But you didn't get to pick that. You didn't get to pick that you were born in the United States of America. And to, uh, you, you didn't get any choice in that. You are where you are. And, and my children, they didn't get to decide what school they went to. I dropped them off there. And they were going to be in trouble if they ran away. So many things. And when you start to apply for jobs, you're just thankful that you got a job. You don't necessarily get to pick that. But I do want you to know that God picked you. And you do have the opportunity to say yes to Him. And we may not have everything all together. But we can say yes to God. And you know that man of 38 years by the pool. There was some things that stood out to me there. He was still there. And the man at the gate beautiful. When he looked at Peter and John. And they said silver and gold have I none. He was like okay. What's going on here? And Peter's fixing to tell us that it was faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith through faith in Jesus' name made this man whole. You still have a want to. And you're still here. And you're still standing. And there's still life in your lungs. And you still have purpose. Give him another hand clap. Daily in Acts chapter 3, they carried this man. And daily they laid him down. And daily they would pick him back up. And and daily you have your thing and, and it's attached to you and it's, it's just right back here and, and you can't really seem to do anything about it. And it just hits you in the back of the head and, and it, it, it pries at you and it's rewired your brain and it's just the way life is. But I want you to hear me that this whole thing of daily is he was taken to the gate. And while he was at this gate, the temple's right behind him. The place where God dwells. And he's looking outward at all the people coming in. Instead of being turned around and seeing the God of the temple. He's looking out at the people coming in. But your answer is not in the people on the outside. But your answer is in the God that's on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they, he was healed, we see that they knew that it was he. The people looked. And Peter, he says, fastening his eyes, he said, look on us. You know, I, I think, Brother Jeremy, <laughs> that, that's just mean. Do, do you have any money for me? Do you have any money? <laughs> look right here. Right, um, ah, right here. Yo. If any of you pull up to a stop sign and you do that to somebody and then you drive off, that is wrong. Alright? There's guys at the stop sign, they're looking for money. If you go, if you roll down your window and you said, yay! And then you're like, sorry, I don't have anything. That's, that's wrong. That's terrible. And that's what happens is the man's there and, 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 and he's like, hey, hey. And then they go, look on us. We don't have any money. You're so terrible. 
And then he says, but such as I have. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, everything I have. You know what it is? Peter was saying, you know what? I cursed Jesus by a fireside. Oh, and yet he accepted me back. I was out fishing one night and I couldn't get anything to come into a boat. But somebody said, hey, can I use your boat for a little bit? And I understood how unclean I was. Oh, and then another time, after I had the whole fireside experience, I was in another boat. And a man hollered from shore, cast out again. And I cast out, and I knew that it was Jesus. And so such as I have. It's nothing that I earned. It's nothing I deserved. But everything I have is yours. And we were, but such were some of you. And none of us deserved what we got. But he gave it to us. He gave it to us. And they knew that it was he. They looked at that lame man. You know, he, he took him by the right hand. He lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And that man began to leap and to jump and to walk. And you know what happened? He got to move from the gate. Because the first thing he did. And, and in both healing stories here. You know where they're found at? When they got through their healing. They're found in the temple. And this man said, wait a second. I've always been on the outside. I thought that that was too great and too good for me. But he made me so that I could enter his presence. And he goes into the temple. And his daily begins to change. And Peter begins to let them know. In um, Acts chapter 3 verse 16. And he says, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom you see and know. And then in Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Peter's yet preaching about this whole situation. And he says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. And we highlighted this a few weeks ago, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none under name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But in verse 11 there, he says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. And we're going to bring this back to Acts chapter 2 here just in a moment. But why was Peter using stone language there? It's because Jesus was the temple. It went from being that building behind the lame man there to now Jesus is that temple. And yet last week we also read in, in, in Corinthians that you are the temple. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God and ye are not your own for you are bought with a price. As I get ready to bring today to a close, what I seen and what stands out to me is that Bishop, they carried him daily. But just a couple verses before, we see in Acts chapter 2 that as this church is being established and as it's being built and as it's being laid out, it says, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. In 2024, 
God wants you to take your daily problem and your daily situation. And He wants you to take and He wants you to put faith in His name. It's all about where is your trust. And musicians, if you could get ready to come forward. Where is your trust? You see, back in the book of John, Jesus met him by the pool. And the following chapter later, we see Jesus walking on the water. And I think that this walking on the water story, chapter 6, verse 16, the disciples were out in the sea, and there was a great wind that blew. And when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the water and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. I'd be afraid too if I saw somebody walking on the water, to be honest with you. But Jesus says to them, It is I. Be not afraid. Can we stand to our feet? You see, you have daily problems and daily struggles, daily finances, daily irritants, daily whatever it is. But it's time for you to become the daily temple of Jesus Christ. You no longer run into a building and have to wonder if you'll be accepted. And I want everybody to understand you're accepted into the church of Omaha. This is your home. But you can walk through these doors all day long. But if you sit there with your problem on you like a barnacle, and you're never willing for Jesus to take it off, then you can never be what He wants you to be. And you need to trade your daily problem for His daily glory. You need to trade your daily time in the pit to be the daily dwelling of Jesus Christ, of His Spirit in you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's time to go ahead and you can go past that gate all coated in bronze and all covered in wealth and riches and you can still go ahead and step into the wondrous and gloriousness of Jesus Christ. Could we close our eyes and raise our hands up towards heaven? Jesus is walking by. And so many of you are afraid to commit to Him. You say, Pastor Lucas, we have wonderful time around the altar. And we've been coming here for a long time. And we've heard you talk all this time. But yet each of us on a Thursday or a Wednesday... You sit in a dark place and you cope with your fear and you don't need to be afraid anymore because whether you're by a pool or you're sitting at a gate, it's not the people of the church of Omaha, but it's the Jesus that we believe in who wants to fill you with His Spirit and scrape off those barnacles and heal your heart and heal your past. Go ahead, let's lift our voices up and begin to cry out to Him. It's a new day, church. It's a new day.
you're going to live differently. It might be a little nerve-wracking, but you don't need to be afraid because it's Jesus. And He's going to help you to live without that problem. He's going to help you to live without that struggle. Oh, such as I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, go ahead, come forward to the altar. Begin to lift your voices. Oh, hallelujah, cry out to Him. You don't have to hold on anymore. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes. Lift your face up towards heaven so that you're looking into his face. And you'll see his love as his loving face is looking down towards you. In the name of Jesus, be released from every hole that has bound you and every bit of depression and everything that set your not worthy. Be healed. In the 